Let's go. Let's go. You're about to experience action like you've never heard it before. Action sports, celebrities, badasses, and massive interviews. All coming to you from the Polaris Razor Studio. This is Jim Beaver's Project Action. Exclusively on Podcast One. Welcome to Project Action on Podcast One. I've got uh, a fun guest today. This is a best of. I'm actually on site at uh, King of the Hammers right now. So uh, you guys are going to get a best of. But this one is, uh, I guess, uh, Motorsports Legendary Family. Um, One of the most influential women in NASCAR. Uh, But Kelly Earnhardt, man. This one we got to go back uh, back to beginning of last year, the start of the pandemic. Uh, she launched a new book, and I had her on the show. A lot of you may have missed it. Uh, it was a crazy time in this uh, country and in this world. And I uh, thought, you know what? I'm at King of the Hammers. Time to re-air this with uh, Kelly Earnhardt. So uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Um, it's uh, you know I, I know I had a ton of fun talking with her, catching up. Uh, very busy lady, and uh, because of everything going on in the world, I was actually able to sit down with her for a good half an hour. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it. She will be my guest today day uh but before we get to that do have to ask you if you're new listener to the show head on over to apple podcast smash the subscribe button please leave a rating while you're there let us know you like us and um i am at jim beaver 15 on social media so uh yeah you can uh, give me a shout uh, give me a follow on social media any damn time you want and if you let me know you're a listener to the show good chance that uh i am gonna follow you right back because uh, i like hearing about my you know what my fans are up to and who they want guests on the show things like that so yes that is uh that is the spill before we jump into this though we do have some amazing partners that make this whole deal happen one of them is our good friends at guy code you own or rent your home well i'm sure you do and i bet it can be hard work but you know what's easy Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That is GEICO.com. And uh, with that, I think it's time to air this best of with uh, Kelly Earnhardt. Well, welcome, Kelly. Good uh, Good to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Jim. I'm happy to be here and uh, in the midst of all of this that's going on. So it's good to to speak to people and, and feel like things are a little bit normal. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I think everything's become virtual, right, in, in so many different ways. And I know I, I, when we first signed on for this interview, I don't know, it was probably about six weeks ago now, uh, we we put this date in. I got to tell you, the world is a completely different place, and this interview is probably going to start completely different the way I had envisioned it. But uh, how are things over there? I mean, I'm in the Southwest. I've got a professional off road team. I know what's going on here, but from what I understand, things are completely different in Charlotte. I mean, how's things with the race team? I mean, you know, obviously, I know a lot of teams have sent people home. I mean, what, what's going on there in uh, you know in the Charlotte area? Yeah, well, here in North Carolina, we have the stay-at-home order issued by the governor, so we're, you know, uh, adhering to that order uh, through April 30th. We're not an essential business, therefore, uh, we aren't working. Uh, you know, there's a few employees that you get to deem essential um, to kind of carry on a few things that have to get done, right? Um, but uh, but for the most part, everyone's at home, and those that are being uh, that are able to telework are, are working. But you know, with race cars, it's um, you know difficult to to turn riches at home on the race cars. So none of that's happening, of course. But um, you know, we're just taking each. Uh, we're kind of 
taking things week by week and uh, determining, you know, w- what we can do. Obviously, doing a lot of things virtual through Zoom and a, a lot of meetings and, and calls and things like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it is awesome to see what you can get done when the group comes together and, and with the use of technology. Um, some people are saying that they're actually, you know, more busy than they have in, been in the office itself. So, uh, you know, being at home sometimes allows you to focus and do different things unless you've got screaming kids and you're having to yeah. do their schoolwork. But um, so just a lot of different things. You know, people a lot of people are in different situations depending on uh, what their work and home life is like. So it's quite crazy, unlike anything I've ever been a part of. Yeah, well, I know with me too, you know, I, I've got between the media company and then my race program, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, financial partners and backers and things like that. And I know with you guys even, it's to another level with, with NASCAR, but you guys still have sponsors that you have to take care of. You're still trying to figure out budgets for the rest of the you know, year, whatever that looks like. You're still trying to deliver some kind of value via social media and content and digital stuff during this uh, during this ta- downtime. So I'm assuming you are, are, are super busy just on the business side trying to put everything together for whenever things do get started back, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've told most people that just in the conversation, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with our business that, you know, for for people like us that depend on sponsorship and depend on, you know, that sponsorship for events and it's event driven and we're not racing, we really don't know what the effect is going to be until we know how much we are going to be racing and when and when that's going to be, right? So, so this could be a, a six, nine month process in terms of trying to figure out if we'll be able to run our full schedule for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and things like that. So I really don't know, you know, kind of the financial outcome of things until much later. And so trying to figure out how you continue uh, what you're doing now and, and all that kind of stuff is, is quite challenging. But um, our social media marketing departments within the race team uh, have really dug deep and they're repurposing content and making new content. And, you know, uh, Fox and uh, NBC and iRacing are working together to bring the these virtual iRacing events. Um, I don't know if they're doing that with uh, you guys yet in the off-road space, but um, we watched the World of Outlaws Dirt Lake models last night on television. So they're repurposing, you know, they're 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 reinventing themselves in terms of this iRacing and this virtual racing, uh, which has been great because we've been able to utilize, you know, our partners in from that standpoint as well. So yeah, you're just looking at things really differently. And um, I've seen some very clever things and some, some really cool things happening, um, you know, within the other teams, just on how they're using social media and some of the things they're doing. So, yeah. Well, and I know I'm, I'm actually uh, uh, last year, uh, I racing, I, I'm a franchise holder in eNASCAR, the Coca-Cola series, like you guys are. So I've actually got to know your brother a little bit through our private, uh, our private chat and things like that that we've got for for some of the team owners. But I know us, like it's been phenomenal because we've actually had new money coming into the team during this whole thing, just because that's the only place where people can get in front of other people. You know, at this point, as far as racing goes, so it's our, our business side is actually blown up on the esports side just because it's the only thing happening right now. You know. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, you know, I've been, uh, and I, I don't know, you know, the the financial aspects of your world, but, you know, in our world, it's like, for me, it's a catch between, you know, what you're doing on the virtual racing side and the e-racing side and the value that you're delivering versus what you're doing, you know, in when the real cars hit the racetrack and the value you're delivering. And what it takes to do both things are obviously uh, quite different financially and just trying to, 
strike that balance, you know, and 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 uh, figure all those things out. So um, it's uh, it's it's been interesting, and it's it's a new challenge for us, and a new way of looking at things and doing things. Um, and we we haven't really found the new income stream because we're trying to <laughs> deliver value to the current partners that are actually you know missing being on the track, people like Hellman's and and things like that. So we're trying to kind of. Uh, utilize that iRacing for that purpose. Yeah, well, and you know, and here's the question, and this is just kind of forward-looking at the industry. Obviously, we've had this hiccup to start this year. Uh, you know, there's been a couple of races run, and it doesn't matter what series you're in. I guess IndyCar's a little bit different because they haven't run any, but um, you know, NHRA, I know off-road we had a couple and everything paused, but I'm looking ahead at, at 2021, and you know, honestly, about June, those really heavy conversations on 2021 start, you start happening with, you know, and, and that's where the big chunk of the budgets come, and you know, and, and there's a little bit to be found later, but those big financial conversations start happening in about the summer, and I'm kind of nervous about 2021. Yeah. We've got money committed to 2020, but then looking at 2021, I'm like, man, depending on where we're at, I don't even know when those conversations will happen, and, and I, I got a feeling a lot of people scale back, and I think it's got me nervous not only for what I do, but for NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, because we're all in the same boat here. And I, I don't know, 2021 has me a little bit nervous. I don't know about you. It does. Uh, the same conversations are happening here and the same questions are being, uh, you know, we're, we're wondering and questioning the same thing. And I think that's why we've been, you know, trying to uh, to, to do as much as we can using our social platforms and, and using the network of fans that we have and, and using the virtual racing that we can so that, you know, you can continue to deliver value and continue to give these folks something to think about because uh, you're right, we're, you know, we've got dates here over the spring and summer where we were supposed to be talking about renewing for 2021 and if you're not on the racetrack by then you know those are going to be some 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 different conversations and uh you know i think people are going to take pause and say well let's see what's happening for you know 2021st and and then of course they have to um assess the impact of all this on their own businesses as well so um you know so so much going on and uh every day i just i hear about things you know that that i didn't really that i don't think about being an issue but uh i'm on the board of a a local um 501c3 here that uh works with traumatized kids through the the department of social services and and different entities and and these kids come to our group homes and you know we work with them uh to try to get uh, whatever trauma they've experienced in their life and try to get them on a better path. And, and it's affecting that business, you know. It's affecting our ability to serve these kids and help these kids and all of this. So it's just there's so much going on in the world right now. There's so much up in the air. Yeah. Well, and my wife's a school teacher, you know. She's she's at home. My daughter's at home. And it's like they're they're learning from at home. And my wife's trying to do her best to teach students from our house where they're sitting at their house. And I'm like, it's just, it's got the world in, in a, in a really interesting place. And it, it doesn't matter if you're talking racing or, or anything else. I think it's all it got us all just, uh, I, I don't, I don't even know. I, I'm just, uh, I think I, along with everybody else is just hoping, uh, you know, this thing, we can, we can get this thing, I guess, passed on and we can get back to business sooner rather than later, I guess, you know, some kind of normal. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really cumbersome. And my husband was saying this morning, uh, cause we have one, we have two children, they're in different school systems and, uh, one of them is doing, you know, doing their work every day. We've got, we get regular, uh, information from the teacher on what we're supposed to be doing. And the other one, they haven't figured it out yet. 
and we're three weeks into not being in school, and, and my husband and I were talking this morning, there's going to be this gap, yeah. of, and we're not supposed to go back to school till May 15th, even if we go back to school here in North Carolina, so there's going to be this huge gap of not learning, because I don't think parents can teach these concepts, you know, as well as our teachers, right, and um so it's it's really interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. You know, and I want to kind of go back to the race team a little bit because through all this, one thing I've always appreciated about junior motorsports, and not just now, but, uh, you know, in the years past, it, you guys have been very progressive in your approach to marketing and, and the team and things like that. And obviously, you know, you, you've got the race program, but, I mean, you know, we, we've got, you know, you know Dale's podcast network, Dirty Mo Radio, and everything he's got going there with podcasts. Obviously, you guys were some of the first uh, with eNASCAR to really heavily invest there. I, you know, obviously, your social media, you guys are always developing content, things like that. You know, I, I mean, do you, do you feel like that progression and the way you've pushed, I mean, in times like this, actually, you know, is a big benefit to you guys just because, uh, you know, you do have these other assets that you can rely on where a lot of teams don't? Yeah, I do. And, you know, I'm thankful for uh, the leadership uh, that Joe Mattis, who's over our sponsorship and sponsor services and, and licensing, um, because he's he, he that's been very apparent over the last, you know, five. Well, really, since 2008, really, since, you know, the last crash of the economy happened. Um, and we really had to get creative that, you know, our 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 paint schemes uh, and that advertising wasn't just about being a paint scheme, and it was so much more to it. And as marketing's evolved, as social media's evolved, and all these different ways that we can go to market have evolved, uh, we've been really flexible and adaptable. And, um, you know, I'm just really thankful that I got good people because Mike Davis, uh, who runs our Dirty Mo Media and our podcast um, uh, network and, and, you know, oversees the Dell Junior Download that you're talking about, you know, really – that was his idea and um and we you know the the cool thing for the company is that we realize and we invest in it and we put the resources there uh and we've made investment there like you alluded to that um you know a lot of teams either haven't or can't and that's not where their focus is being and and that right now is really, you know, that's one of the groups when I talked about some people are working harder, Dirty Mo Media is one of the groups that's actually working harder from home than uh, and, and more creatively because they're, you know, doing their podcast through Zoom and still able to get those on our NBC network um, and, and play the Dell Junior Download and those kind of things through the television. So um, they've just been really thinking of creative ways and they're working on another project with NBC called Lost Speedways and, and trying to finish that up. And so, um, yeah, I'm thankful that we, you know, made the commitment to invest there and, and put some resources there and that we've got uh, some really smart and creative thinkers. Um, I'm a real black and white person, so marketing yeah. uh, and creativity is not my strong point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, kind of going back to uh, your your strong points in that, I mean, I kind of want to go back to the beginning, you know, because we've talked about kind of the current state of things, but I kind of want to go back to things because, I mean, you were immersed into racing at a really young age, obviously, with your dad and, and things like that. I mean, it was racing or the racing business. I mean, when when did that come along and you decided, hey, this is something I want to be involved in you know what I mean or, or was it from the beginning it was yeah. like you didn't know anything else and you just logically that that was kind of the career path because I mean you went to college it, coming out of college there had to have been other opportunities and you've kind of always pursued this path yeah well I really you know growing up like you know just thinking about being a teenager and making those decisions to go to college dad really didn't uh um it was you know the late 80s I graduated in 1990 from high school so you know my dad was very successful in his career at that point. Dell and Hart Incorporated really wasn't 
a thing yet. And, um, and so I really didn't think about necessarily working in racing. I've always been around it as, you know, from the com- competitor side of it. But, um, uh, and then I did some racing myself in the mid nineties, uh, while I was in college and finishing up college. And, um, you know, that, that didn't progress into a career path for me at the time. Um, and I was working and, and working on this, on a souvenir business, um, called sports image at the time. And so I, I went to school to college to, for a criminal justice major, um, and then quickly changed that to a business major so that I, I thought that maybe that would be a more broad, uh, concept to get a education in. So I'm glad I did that because then you fast forward to 2001 when we lost our dad and then coming to work for Dell Jr. Um, you know, all of that has really served its purpose and, and prepared me to, to do what I'm doing, you know, today and have been doing for the last 20 years. But I really didn't, you know, dad didn't direct us into kind of, well, do you think you want to do this or do you think you want to do that? We just, um, uh, I just went to college, got the degree, got my business degree and come out of there and said, okay, where, you know, where am I going to apply for jobs at? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I want to ask too, like in the past, you know, I would really say in the last 15 years, but, uh, you know, it kind of started a little bit before that. But, uh, you know, a lot of people want to talk women in racing. And obviously right now, you know, Haley Deegan's kind of uh, the big name to talk about. You know, and there's some some girls racing and, you know, females racing in the truck series. We know Danica Patrick. But I look at women in racing as a much larger picture. And I deal on the business side quite quite a bit, probably more than I do with the actual drivers that I interview, you know. And I look on the business side and I see a massive influx, I mean, of decision makers and, and women who have done really, really well in the industry and, and really starting to kind of shift and, and change. Do you, do you feel like, uh, you know, do you feel like, one, you were a part of that, you know, because you've kind of been a voice for, for women in this industry. But, uh, you know, do you, do you feel like, you know, you have seen the change that I've seen? Because, I, I mean, I, I you can kind of go down a Rolodex of, uh, of names at a lot of these companies, and it, it just seems like there's more and more women that are cycling into these, you know, the, these really important jobs. Yeah, I definitely have seen the same change that you have. And, you know, I think about uh, when I raced late models, I mean, I was one of maybe, let's say, in all the divisions, you know, your Saturday night racing from your bombers to your street stocks to your limiteds to your late models, you know, maybe three to five females were out there racing. Now you go to a Saturday night short track and you might see, you know, 10 to 15 females out there racing. You know, the pool's gotten a little bigger um, in terms of, of – you know, the, the females being interested in it. But on the business side, I've definitely seen, uh, you know, just a, the same kind of increase. Um, you know, back when, if I think about back in the day with my dad and, and RCR, there were very few women, even in the roles that we have a lot of women in now, like PR and marketing, yeah. things like that. Back even then, there wasn't that many women in those roles. And, um, you know, it was predominantly male. And uh, so I've, I've definitely seen the same shift. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the societal shift that we see and, and um, uh, just, you know, in totality and the way the world um, views those things as well that have you know, crept down into our sports sports world and um, how things are more open. And, you know, sometimes I even think that sometimes the lines may be getting a little bit too close, you know, where, where, <laughs> where we're merging the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts and all these different yeah. things, you know, but that's for a different conversation. But, um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely seen the trend to, um, you know, where, where there's more of a balance and, and there's a lot of female executives in the sports world. You know, you look at Sports Business Journal and you see, um, you know, a, a lot of great women doing a lot of good things. But I think most of us don't want to look at it 
like, oh, yeah. this is a woman and this is a man doing these things, you know. And um, I get asked that question all the time about being a, a female uh, in this business. And I, I've really never approached it like that because I look at myself, I'm just an Earnhardt, you know. Yeah. And Earnhardt's in my NASCAR world have a legacy and a reputation to uphold, and that's just what I'm here doing. And uh, I've never really, you know, I, I know the female aspect of it gets looked at very often. But uh, I've not had the challenges that I think a lot of females have had trying to come into uh, the sports world and the male, you know, male-dominated sports world just because I think I had had a little bit of a leg up, you know, being an Earnhardt and the reputation of my dad and, and those kinds of things have been very helpful for me. Yeah. Well, that being said, you, you may have had, uh, you know, some doors open that uh, may have not been open with, with your last name, but do you feel like you were also under the microscope more than anybody else because of your last name? Oh, that's definitely, um, definitely the case in a lot of ways. Um, uh, but, um, you know, I just, I'm, I, 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 I hate, I don't want to say this cause I don't want to sound cocky, but I'm just, I'm a confident individual. Um, uh, you know, I come prepared. Um, I, you know, I, there's not a lot that you can, when I'm in a business setting in a business meeting, um, you know, there, I don't show a lot of weakness in terms of anybody really being able to say anything and say, well, you know, she's not cut out for this or she doesn't have, you know, she can't do this or that. Um, I pretty much been able to, to do what I set out to do and, and can do and have proved that, you know, I have a seat at the table and I belong here. So, yeah. Well, and I, I think, you know, you have a seat at the table, you belong there, but I, I look at junior motorsports as a whole and I, and I, you know, and obviously I don't know everything and, um, but it, I, I, I see junior motorsports as one of those organizations that makes truly calculated business decisions where you see a lot of, a lot of teams come in or a lot of, uh, people in this industry and they make kind of some crazy decisions and people look back and go, how did they ever think that that would be sustainable? But I feel like junior motorsports, you guys have been very calculated in your processes. You don't overextend yourself. You know, it's, it's very, very factual and decision based. Whereas a lot of others in the industry don't, I mean, you guys have been very dedicated to Xfinity and things like that. And a lot of people go, Oh, why aren't they running a cup team? Well, you guys just haven't, you know, you haven't gone that way. And I feel like you, everything you do has a reason. And, you know, and, and I think that a lot of that, you know, comes back to you. Yeah, I think we, you know, ultimately when we have those conversations, when we're talking about what options that there are, we come back to the core of why we started doing this to begin with. And when we always come back to to those objectives and the core of, you know, giving people opportunity to succeed uh, in the Xfinity Series and and uh, kind of that, you know, Dell's always looked at it kind of like from the underdog perspective, you know, and giving people a chance. And it started out kind of from a driver perspective of giving those guys chances to drive race cars and move up. But, you know, we, it's grown because of the, the number of people that we have here now. We have 125 employees um, that, you know, it's crew chiefs, it's it's PR people. I mean, we've been so successful and thankful and, and lucky that we've had, uh, you know, some of our PR reps move up into the Cup Series. We've had crew chiefs move up into the Cup Series and engineers and people like that and drivers and so on and so forth. But, um you know, we when we go to making those decisions, we just always look at it from the standpoint of of sticking to those core values and 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 trying not to to waver from from what our objective is. And I think that's what helps you, you know, be calculated and 
make the best decisions for your company. Yeah. Well, that, I guess that's a good segue to, to talking about after 20 minutes, what, what, what you're here to talk about. That is your new book that comes out <laughs> April 7th, uh, Drive, Nine Lessons to Win in uh, Business and in Life. Uh, you know, and one thing, I, my takeaway from this book, Kelly, is I think a lot of people, you know, you writing a book, Kelly Earnhardt, they thought it was just going to be a biography and you were going to tell, you know, you know and, and you took a different stance with this. And obviously, this, you know, you infuse stories and things like that in, in your life into this book, but it, it's so much more than that. And, and kind of take us behind the premise of this book, because, uh, you know, I'm looking down and even even the nine lessons that you have, I'm looking at that and going, these are completely different than anybody else that would have been writing a book similar to this. Yeah, well, um, I thought the same thing when I was going to write a book that it was going to be a biography kind of thing. You know, hey, what's it like to grow up as Dale's daughter? Because that really was my intent. And, uh, um I was talking to the publishers that published Dale's book and told them, you know, well, they said, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I said, well, if I wrote a book, this is what I'd want to write it about. And I was telling them about, um, you know, my years in therapy and kind of this family origin stuff that I felt like I dealt with and um, my dad not being available to me and and some of the things that I felt like uh, decisions I made in my adult life that were really complicated by um you know, how I grew up. And so they, they sat there and listened to me and, and they left and, and the lady called me up and she said, you know, Kelly, I appreciate your story and all that's wonderful, but I don't think people want to hear about that. You know, she said, why don't you focus on business and you can tell a little bit about your story and set it up, uh, which is, you know, what I've done in the book and, and then share your experience as a business person uh, and just in life, you know, to, to share some of the ways that you go about your daily life uh, uh, here at Junior Motorsports and, you know, just my home life. So that's kind of how it morphed into what you're reading. But like most people, yeah, I started out with just wanting to write a biography. Yeah, well, and, you know, and it, it's funny, too, because you go down and I'm, I'm just looking at your list of things, you know, and, uh, you know, and right off the top, authentic and approachable. You know, and, and that's one thing that I've learned about NASCAR is I, I worked in motorsports and dealt with everything from NHRA, IndyCar, Supercross, NASCAR. I, obviously, I race off-road. I, I do interviews myself, things like that. But NASCAR has always been a very, out of all the motorsports, closed off. And it's been very tough to approach people within the industry. And you are, are completely anti that, where you're very approachable, you're very out there, you're accessible and things like that. And I went right off the top. I mean, this to me, anybody that knows motorsports knows, man, Kelly is different. This book is different because that wouldn't have been the top thing on, on pretty much anybody's list other than yours. Yeah, I think it's hard. And, you know, a lot of people do feel that way um, ab- about people. It's 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 which that's very interesting to me because you know we're the the group the sport is so family oriented and and down to earth and um you know it 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 seems that we would mostly all be approachable but i do get um you know just interacting with fans and meeting people um you know they they're surprised at how down to earth and and approachable that i am and um you know i'm just like anybody else out there i'm tootling to the grocery store the same way they are, you know, whatever they're doing. I'm, I mean, I don't have people that do that for me. I do it myself. I take care of things myself and that's how I like to do it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, looking at this book, obviously, uh, it, you know, it hits things April, it hits shelves April 7th. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have a, a copy in my hand right now, but uh, I mean, if there's one takeaway from this book, I mean, what, what do you want fans uh, tuning in to, uh, to, to get out of it? You know, I just hope they, um, you know, learn something about me and, and the way that I've, uh, uh, 
you know, done, handled this business and um, uh, handled my life. And, you know, maybe there's something in there that, that will touch them and be able to help them change the way they work or live their life. You know, I mean, if there's just one little nugget in there that's something that they didn't think of or, or something like that might help them in a situation or relationship or something of that nature. You know, I just wanted to share my experience. And, um, you know, our, our NASCAR fans are so great. They want to know as much as they can, you know, so as much as you can put down, as much as you can tell, as much as you can talk about, they're very interested. So, um, you know, I just hope they enjoy it. All right. Well, Kelly, I appreciate you taking the time today to do this interview. Been uh, been wonderful catching up yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, you know, excited to have that uh, book hitting store shelves next week. And, uh, you know, everybody go out and uh, grab a copy. Yeah, if people want to know more, they can go to kellyearnhartdrive.com and they can find out where they can purchase the book in these crazy times that we're all experiencing. Well, that one didn't disappoint. I mean, anybody with the last name or her heart, right? That's not going to disappoint on the show. Uh, she's got an amazing book. You should check it out. It's available everywhere at this point. But, uh, yes, uh, fun having her on the show last year. It's about time for us to catch back up with her, I think. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys once again. I am uh, Jim Beaver 15 on social media. Go over to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button. Like I said, this is the best of because I am on site at King of the Hammers currently. Uh, before we sign off, though, I do want to remind you, uh, if you own or rent your home, well, you know what? It is hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners and uh, your car insurance. Good thing, too, because you're busy enough. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And, uh, yes, thank you, guys. And, uh, yeah, hit me up on social. Uh, I'll be out there. I'm posting all kinds of crazy content uh, from King of the Hammers. Also, remember, February 14th, Valentine's Day, right before the Daytona 500, the General Tire East Short Course World Cup presented by Fistful of Bourbon, put on by myself, Jim Beaver, and my team at Jim Beaver Esports. We are going to be airing on CBS Sports, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Yes, you definitely don't want to miss that because, uh, yeah, you're going to see my, my mug and my stuff on TV. So, yes, check it out. And, um, yeah, that being said, i got to get back to Hammertown. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time right here on Project Action on Podcast One. From the team that brought you the big podcast with Shaq, it's the Big Shot Bob Pod with the biggest shooter in NBA history, Robert Ory. To Ory for three. Oh, unbelievable. This guy is off the charts. The Big Shot Bob Pod. Yeah, of course we're talking about hoops. Charles Oakley. We played him in the finals when we was the Rockets, and I dunked on Oak, and I kind of flexed on like, ah! Oh. And, uh, and Oak didn't do anything. I went down the court like this. <laughs> I just, <laughs> oh, I just missed a punch to the jaw in, boy. <laughs> Subscribe now and get new episodes of the Big Shot Bob Pod every week on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, LiveByLive.com, and everywhere you get your favorite podcasts.